0: Let's get into this tonight as we are finishing up the the study that we've been in. This is the sixth week, sixth and final week of this study. We have taken a pretty extensive look at the priority and power of prayer. And we've taken a, a, a long journey through this, and the last few weeks we've been just kind of skipping through, chapter by chapter, the book of Acts, and and pulling out some scenes of prayer, and pulling out, we talked about the thread of prayer that weaves its way all the way through the book of Acts and the move of the Spirit. Uh, last week, we, we talked about prayer is a door, the door of prayer. The, the doors that prayer opens. We talked about that last week as we looked through Acts 10 through Acts chapter 16. Uh, we, we talked about that thread of prayer that weaves through. We talked about the, 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 the releasing power of prayer. What prayer releases in our lives. We've talked about that the church is as an olive tree. That produces and a part of that is that constant fellowship uh, with the source of life. And our source of life is our Father and that communication comes through prayer. And so we have taken an extensive look at this because I want you to realize how important prayer is. I want you to realize that it is a priority. It has to be a priority in our lives. So therefore that's why we paused from everything else that we've been talking about to really focus for these past weeks on prayer. And we've been pressing on Tuesday nights in prayer and inviting you to come and join with us or if you can't be here joining with us. I've had some that told me they've been joining with us, just haven't been able to be here, but they've been praying wherever they've been. And so I know we've got people that are joining with us. We've been pressing into prayer. But I think it's important that we understand the priority of prayer. Because when we understand that it has to be given a priority and we understand the power that comes when we pray and what prayer produces and what can happen when we pray, we are much more likely to be involved in prayer. How many of you believe that when you realize how important prayer is, the power that prayer possesses, it becomes much more necessary and much easier for you to discipline yourself in the discipline of prayer? If it's just somebody saying, well, you just need to pray, then that's easy to kind of slip off and say, well, I don't really know what the purpose is. I don't don't have any great needs. Why would I need to pray? Well, we've been looking at what prayer can do. And all throughout the book of Acts, we find prayer precedes the move of God. Tonight's going to be a little bit different as we're going to sum this all up. And we're going, to, we're going to pull this out in Acts chapter 17 through chapter 28. We're not going to really focus so much on instances of prayer. We are really just going to be looking tonight at the path prayer opened. The path people of prayer walked. See, prayer is a thread that holds things together, that that thread that weaves through and brings unity. Prayer opens doors, the door of prayer. So our prayers open doors to give us opportunities and, and uh, to see things happen. But prayer also is the pathway that we walk in order to walk into God's plans and God's purposes. Because in the latter part of the book of Acts... In the chapters we're going to kind of briefly cover through tonight. Uh, in, in the last 17 through 28, we, we begin to see the story now unfold of the unfolding church. Because we see it really turns into a mission movement in these latter parts of the book of Acts. It, it really, the focus of Acts 17 through Acts 28 is the focus of Paul's ministry. And, and it, the focus is really just the thrust of the gospel now that is beginning to go into all the world. And so a path has been laid out by prayer. People are praying. People are funding. People are sending. The church is sending out missionaries. The church is alive and well. But now we, we see the gospel beginning to move forward. How many of you know the gospel moves on the wings of prayer? The gospel is spread throughout our entire world on the back of prayer. And, and so we begin to see this in Acts 17 through Acts 28. We're not really going to focus on one scripture tonight. We're going to focus more on the context and the concept of the path of prayer. The, the, the prayer is not only a door that, that as you pray, doors open to opportunities, but prayer is the path that you walk on. That means as you are moving in God's plan and in God's purpose, it is prayer that has laid this out before you. While Paul is reaching the world, the church is praying. And everywhere he goes, when believers come together, they are praying. And then the next place he's going to go, the church that he just left is praying for the next place that he's going to go. And it's passing on. How many of you have ever heard, you know, pay it forward? You know the concept? You know, if somebody does a good deed for you, then you need to do a good deed for somebody that you're going to pay it forward. I want to tell you, the church in, in the book of Acts, they prayed it forward. I mean, they, they prayed as they were released from one place and they would move to another. And They would gather funds to help people that were in need. They would send Paul. They would let, let them go, the missionaries that were moving around at that time, Paul being the most instrumental of them. But, but they would have to release him from their own midst so that he could go to the next place. And they would cover that path in prayer, How many of you know when the path is covered in prayer and made by prayer, then, then the end result is going to be successful? And here's what we see. Everywhere they go, they find a couple of things. They find opposition. Right? How many know we will always find opposition when we are walking in God's plan? Always. You know why that is? Because your enemy is opposed to God's plan. So you'll always find opposition. The enemy will always try to oppose what God has prepared. But we will also always find success if we walk in God's plan. So even though there's opposition, opposition will not stop us. We will find success as we keep moving. But the path that we are walking on is the path of prayer. So that's why it's important that we pray one for another. That's why it's important that we pray the Lord of the harvest for laborers in the harvest. You remember Jesus telling them that? He said, pray ye the Lord of the harvest. The harvest is ripe. It's ready. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the harvest you and I have a role to play in the gospel spreading throughout our day and the most important role we pray it may never be the messages you preach it may never be the miracles that you perform but it can for all of us be the prayers that we pray because those prayers are making a pathway that that men and women of God on assignment from God are going to walk on overcome adversity and find success in the gospel Let me just tell you, when we come to the time of standing before the Father and rewards are being given out to the believers, I'm not talking about the day of judgment. How many many of you understand that, that if we are believers and we have given our life unto the Lord... We are not reserved unto judgment. We don't stand before God at that day, of that white throne judgment. We've already made ourselves right in Christ. We are, we are with the Lord. But there will be a day that we will stand before His beam of seat and we will be given rewards for what we did. And let me tell you, if you have been a praying person, you will be rewarded for that. You will be rewarded for that. Just as surely as Paul has a reward for all of the great works that he did in all the nations, every one of those people that prayed him forward, that prayed for his success, that housed him when he came and sent him when he left, laid hands on him and prayed over him as he would go out and then prayed for the people he would come in contact with, they will all receive a reward in the kingdom. You and I have the opportunity to be involved in that kind of prayer. Prayer is a pathway. We need to to understand that. The more we understand about prayer, the more likely we are to pray. Prayer is not, I've said this over and over, but I'll say it again tonight as we finish. Prayer is not you just kneeling down and giving your laundry list to the Lord. Well, I want this, 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 and this prayer. But it's, we're not going to the heavenly grocery store, and we've got our little grocery list that we just walk to the aisles, and we say, okay, Lord, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. and I need, That's what most people think prayer is, and that's why most people, they, they get bored with prayer. Because all it is is some kind of laundry list that they're laying on. That's not prayer. Prayer is communicating with the Lord. Amen? Prayer. If if you want to use that grocery list idea, prayer is probably more like the poor husband like me that gets sent to the grocery store every now and then, and has the list or or the poor wife. You you know I don't I don't want to be uh, sexist there. Maybe the husband usually does the grocery shopping, and uh, every now and then the wife gets sent. In. in my house, my wife usually right now and. COVID 19, it's just all online ordering. But back in the old days when we used to go to the grocery store, my wife would go to the grocery store and 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 but every now and then she'd send me and she'd send me my list. Amen. How many of you grocery shoppers have ever sent the other non-grocery shopper to the grocery store with a list? Okay. What what usually happens? I don't know if y'all said it or not, but usually you'll get a call from that person. At least my wife does. Because I'll be walking down there and I'll look for something. And, you know, I'm a man, so I don't see anything anyway, right? So, you know, I, I can open the, the refrigerated door and something be right in my face and I don't see it. I say, Veronica, well, I don't see We don't have that. And she'll walk right in and pick it up and say, right here it was. I'm the same way at the grocery store. So I'll go into the grocery store, and I've got my list. Now I'm looking on every shelf, and I have to call and ask, okay, did you want this size or this size? Did you want this brand or this brand? Did you want this? And so my grocery shopping becomes a dialogue, a communication. You know, maybe we could say prayer should be more like that because really my wife thought she wasn't going to the grocery store, but she was. She just went there in my body. Amen. By the time she's got off the phone with me, she says, I should have just went myself. It would have saved more time that way, right? See, we're smarter than you give us credit for, right? Anyway, I don't want to tell all my tricks. I think my wife may be watching, so I don't want to tell my tricks on here. Prayer is not just some grocery list that we go and we pick. Prayer is a communication line. It's a lifeline. It's a pathway it you when you are praying and you're talking to the Lord you are preparing a path that you're going to walk, and and you're giving the Lord the opportunity to take what you're laying out and just to place it in the right steps, in the right path, and prepare that path before you. Now you're you're just taking, you're 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 giving your heart to the Lord. You're giving your life. You're communicating with Him. He's talking back to you, and it's becoming a pathway. When you're praying for other people, it's becoming a pathway that then they can walk and they are led to the Lord. If we understand that, we begin to understand the importance of prayer. My wife said, yes, I heard you. So I'm already already messed up now. So, you know, I I get to talking too much. I wasn't anointed then, obviously. I was rambling. So prayer is vital. So we're going to see this tonight. We're going to finish up the book of Acts with the understanding of the church is on the move. Because prayer has laid down a path. How many believe we need to be on the move in our world today? We we need to be progressing forward. Prayer is that pathway. Prayer will not lead us to the past. Prayer leads us to God's future. Let Let me say that again. In the book of Acts, prayer does not lead them to their past. It makes a pathway for their future. How many of you want to walk out of your past and want to walk into God's future for you? Then you got to pray. you got to communicate with the Lord because a pathway to the future is being laid down. A pathway out of your problems is being laid down. A pathway that's going to give you an answer to confusion is being laid down as you communicate with the Lord. And prayer and study of the Word and worship all go hand in hand. In in reality, you can probably kind of combine prayer... Worship and study in the Word all together because really it's all communicating with the Lord. And so it, it a pathway is being developed. And so if you're in the midst of something and you don't know what to do or, or you're tied to something in your past and you can't seem to get over it or, or something has just knocked you off course or somebody you know is bound up in their past or bound up in their present pray begin to lay down a pathway of prayer begin to lay down a pathway with God that's going to show there is a way to the future amen let's let's not just focus on the back let's keep let's keep moving forward These comments sometimes are not so good for me to see because I just saw Mark said now we must pray for Pastor when he gets home. So see, you got something else to pray. Pray for a safe pathway when I get home because Veronica now knows that I do that on purpose to get out of grocery shopping. Yeah, (laughs) new tricks. There you go. Yeah, new tricks. Let's Acts seventeen through nineteen. There's some things begin to happen. Here it is, and this is what prayer. Produces as a pathway. In Acts 17 through 19, we see the path to a revival, Holy Spirit outpouring. And it's laid out on the wings of prayer. Remember, do you remember when they were sent out, they laid hands on them and they prayed over them. Do you remember that? They prayed that they would be sent forward. Everywhere they would stop, when they would leave there, they would pray that they would be sent forward. Prayer is a pathway, and it is a pathway to revival Holy Spirit outpouring. If we want an outpouring, if we want a revival, we have got to be people that pray. In Acts 17, we find the story... That uh, in verse 1, now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. Okay? And then Paul, as his custom was, went into them for three Sabbaths. Three weeks. And he reasoned with them from the Scriptures. And he explained and he demonstrated that the Christ had to suffer. And many would come to the Lord, a multitude of the devout Greeks. And a few of the leading women. And they joined Paul and Silas. And, and then it goes, and, and they come to the, the Jews who were not persuaded. They became envious, and they gathered up a mob of evil men, and they, they worked them into an uproar. And they attacked the house of Jason, because that's where they thought that the, that the Christians were at, Paul and the believers. And they brought them out to the people. And when they did not find them, they brought Jason out to the rulers of the city. And they said, these who have turned the world upside down have come here also prayer was turning the world upside down. If we've ever needed our world to be turned upside down, which really would be right side up, is right now today because our world is upside down right now. It's a mixed up place. We are living in the scriptures. I believe it's Isaiah 5 and 20. I believe that it says they will exchange bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. They will call good uh, evil and evil good. We are living that out right now. We are seeing that on our streets, we are seeing that around our world, we are seeing that in our country, we are living in a world that is mixed up and the church needs to be praying so that we can be effective, that we can go in and we can turn our world upside down, which would be bringing it right side up, amen that that men and women would come to know the Lord, the only thing that's going to save our culture our country and our world is a praying church that is walking on a pathway to revival. It's the, only, it's the only hope. Let me let me be real blunt with you. There is no. I'm, I'm gonna say this as loud as well as clear as I can. There is no hope in a politician. None that's going to change this world, this country. It's not there, people. Don't buy into that. That's not where our hope lies. My hope rests on nothing but in Jesus Christ. He is the only hope for this country. We do not have a Savior as a politician. There is not one on the horizon That's going to be a Savior of our world. Our only Savior and our only hope is Jesus Christ. And the only way we're going to see a difference in this country is when the church gets serious about praying. And the pathway to revival is walked on. And we see a Holy Spirit renewal among us. I'll tell you what's encouraging to me. In the midst of all this chaos, there's a young man, I don't, I don't even care what you think about him, if you even know anything about him. He's, he's a young man. He actually is a graduate of Oral Roberts University. His name is Sean Fight. You might have seen him on TV. He is out in California, and he has been starting up these, these worship encounters, outdoor worship encounters, and thousands of people, are gathering to worship. They're not allowed to open their churches. They're not allowed to go into the churches. So he just went outside. They've been out on the beaches. They were on the streets of Sacramento at the Capitol there in California. They went up to Seattle here. I believe it was just last weekend. And the pu- public park that they were going to go worship in, the city leaders closed the park so they couldn't come. They'll allow riots all night long. They'll allow protests all night long. So, you know what they did? He didn't just give up and quit. You know what he did? He said, Well, we're just going to come then have a peaceful protest and we're going to do it right out on the street instead of in the park. And thousands of people gathered on the streets, and they sang worship songs. He's one of the worship leaders, or has been at Bethel Church. He's not any longer, but they they worshiped the Lord. They preached the gospel. People were getting saved. There were people showing up in crazy people showing up in hazmat suits. I saw the video of it with blood in bowls coming to throw blood on them, but they couldn't get there because the the Lord was watching over them, and, 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 and security kept them away and they were winning people to the Lord I'm going to tell you what our country needs our country needs more of that and less of everything else we need to be people that worship we need to be people to pray I don't I don't care what your political belief is I don't care what you even think about COVID-19 I want to tell you what the answer for our country is right now it is more of believers that are calling out on the Lord and worshiping the Lord and it is less of everything else that we are involved in Prayer is a pathway to the outpouring of the Spirit. We see it in Acts seventeen when when these devout people were coming to the Lord. When when they had taken them then they let them go from there. And then the brethren sent Paul to Berea. They prayed over him and sent him out again. Well, they found the Bereans, they were more fair-minded than the people that they had just left, and they reasoned with them in the Word. They desired to know more about the Word, and many people came to know the Lord until the Jews from Thessalonica showed up there to cause more problems. The enemy will always oppose, but prayer is making a way for an outpouring of the Spirit. I, I just have to believe that that what we're doing here on Tuesday nights. We're laying down some pathways. That we're going to walk on. That's going to bring an outpouring of the Spirit of God. We see it in Act, And then in, in the last part of Acts 17. He goes. Paul goes to Athens. You probably know the story. Athens is one of the centers of the known world at that time. One of the wisdom centers where they just sit around and debate things. And Paul walks up and he looks around and he takes notice of all of these idols. There's idols everywhere. All their gods that they're worshiping. And he comes to one idol that the description on it was to the unknown God. And Paul didn't go in there and rail on them about because they were worshiping all these false gods. You know what he did? He went in and he said, you know, the crowd gathered. And he said, I've noticed you're really spiritual people. He said, I even noticed that there is one God you serve that you have called the unknown God. He said, it's that God I've come to tell you about. You don't know him yet, but I'm going to tell him about, I'm going to tell you about him. And he began to talk to them about Christ, and many of them would come to know the Lord. Why? Because prayer, praise, and, and, and following the Lord had made a pathway, and the world now was coming to the Lord. I want to tell you, this is what we need. He goes from there in Acts 18, he goes to Corinth. Did any of these sound familiar to you, Thessalonica? Does that sound familiar to you? You got two books written, First and Second Thessalonians that Paul wrote. Corinth, you got two books written, First and Second Corinthians. It's in it's in First Corinthians that Paul writes about how the Spirit should be in operation in the church and the gifts that are in operation. Prayer has made a pathway for an outpouring of the Spirit, and from there he returns back to Antioch, and then he goes to Ephesus in Acts nineteen. Amen. And it happened. And all this is because the church has prayed and they've sent him out. And they're, they're moving forward and they're continuing to cover him in prayer in Acts 19 and 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth. That Paul passed through the upper region, came to Ephesus and he found some disciples. And he said to them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, we don't even know what you're talking about. Hmm. And he said, well, then how were you baptized? And they said, we were baptized into John's baptism. John the Baptist. And Paul then said to them, he baptized you under repentance. But that they should believe on him who would come after him that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And watch what happened. The Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. It's a Holy Spirit outpouring because when the church is praying, the Holy Spirit is moving. The pathway that's being led is a Spirit-filled pathway where the anointing of the Spirit can move forward. This is what we need as a body. Again, we need to pray. We need to set out a pathway and we need to pray, Lord, let the Holy Spirit have free reign among us. Let let your power go before us. Send out preachers into the streets. Send out ministers into our world. Wherever they go, let them let them go into their jobs, let them go into their homes, into their neighborhoods, and let a holy Spirit outbreak take place. That's what's happening in Acts 17 through 19. Second Corinthians cha- Second Chronicles chapter seven. We know verse 14. Verse 14 says, "If my people, what, which are called by not my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face." Right? And turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. Then will I heal their land. Amen? My eyes and ears will always be attentive. If my people pray, here's the statement where there is no prayer and no repentance, there will be no revival. If we want revival, there needs to be prayer. And there needs to be repentance. Amen. And then in Acts 20, and most of Acts 21, we find this concept. We see that prayer not only laid down a path that led to a revival, Holy Spirit outpouring, but prayer was the path to the go commission. Do you remember what Jesus told them? He said in in Acts chapter 1, He said to them, you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts, uttermost parts of the world. You're going to go from Jerusalem to the world because the Spirit has been laid upon you now. You have been filled up with the Spirit of God. And you're going to go in Matthew chapter uh, 28 and verse 18 says, Go ye therefore, in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20, go into all the world. He tells them, Matthew, to make disciples of all men. In and, and Mark, he tells them, I've given you my name, that in my name you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Go into the entire world. That's the commission, the great commission, the go commission that we have been given. Prayer is the path to fulfilling The go that we have been commissioned with. There's no other way. We will not succeed until we pray our way and go. Hmm. Amen? Do you know, you don't have to, when it comes to the plans of God, listen, you don't have to pay your way there. You pray your way there. God take care of it. I, I, like I've told you before, I love church history. I love old church revivals. I love to read about them and study about them. I don't know how many times back in the days when travel was hard. There are so many stories. And in fact, even in some of the later days, Reinhard Bonnke was one in particular that comes to my mind. As he was going, there have been so many times that men would get on boats. They didn't have money to go wherever they were going and somehow they had a vision from God and they would pray and God would give them the money and they'd get on a boat and go to another continent. Reinhard Bunke, I believe it was a train, he showed up and he just knew God had called him to go. He went, didn't have the money, and when he got there, he was given the money to get on the train and go where God. You don't have to pay your way to the go commission that God has given you. You pray your way there. God will take care of the financial side of it if you'll just follow the purpose. We've got a couple sitting right back here, Vernon and Marilyn. We've got a couple sitting right there that can tell you, when you determine in your heart to follow God's will, God will pay the way. They they carved out a ministry to the homeless here in Oklahoma City. And it it wasn't a real lucrative outreach. Amen. They they weren't going to go and get rich doing that. In fact, they probably had more bills than, than, than they had money coming in. But God pays the way for His commission. What we're called to do is pray our way there. Come on now. When was the last time you prayed your way into God's plan rather than trying to wait till you could pay your way to God's plan? Prayer is the path to the go commission. I'm like I said, I'm not I'm not really covering. I'm just kind of hitting a few things. You can go read the scriptures for yourself. In Acts 21 verses 26 through chapter 27 through verse 38, we see that the path of prayer is The pathway, prayer is the pathway to presence in problems. Amen. When problems rise, prayer brings the presence of God into the midst of our problems. Hmm. I wish we could hear that. If we could just hear that. Because do you know everywhere Paul went, he found problems? Do you know what we do? We set out, do something for God, and the first problem we hit, we're ready to quit. Well, God must not be blessing us. Problems have arisen. We must just have to give up. We're just not. No, I'm glad, I'm glad you and I weren't Paul. He would have never made it. Because everywhere he went, he met problems. But because of his prayer life and his communication life with the Lord, he knew how to get presence in the midst of his problems. Oh, come on, someone. Have you ever discovered that prayer will bring God's presence into the midst of your problems? He may, it may not always... I know this isn't probably the most popular preaching in our day. But let me just tell you this. God will not always just take every problem away from us. I would love to stand up here and tell you that, boy, you just all you got to do is say a few magic words and you'll never have another problem. But that's just not reality. He never said that He will just take every problem away from us. But what He has promised is He will always give us His presence in the midst of every problem. And I don't know about you, I've proven that to be true in my life. I can't speak for everybody else. I can speak for those I read of and testimonies I've heard. But what I can tell you is God has proven Himself faithful to me that in every problem I've ever faced, when I turned to Him and I prayed and I communicated with Him, He showed up in every problem I've ever had. They weren't all easy. And just by His presence being there didn't mean that I didn't struggle and didn't battle and didn't go through some rough nights and some rough times. But I want to tell you, I'd rather go through some rough nights and rough times with the presence of the Lord than try to navigate them without Him. I've stood at funerals and gravesides with people that didn't know the Lord. And I've never been able to wrap my mind around how it must feel to come to those moments and have no presence of the Lord that you understand to walk with you through those times. Because I want to tell you, I've been through some dark times, but He never left me. And when I've communicated and I've prayed and I've given myself to Him, even in the midst of my problems, He still shows up. Come on, I know, you, I know you know what I'm talking about. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. So prayer is a pathway to His presence in the midst of your problems. That's, and, and you can read about it. i me give you the Scriptures again. You can go read about them. But Acts 21, starting at verse 26, it's there that Paul's going to be arrested. His life is making a turn now, and he's going to spend the rest of his time just gearing up to die. He's gonna be arrested unjustly. And it's gonna last all the way through Acts chapter 27 and verse 38. Because all the way through there, you're, you're gonna see him being brought before ruler, brought before ruler, testifying he's got problems that ever turn, false accusations. It, but never does God leave him. He recounts his conversion story on several occasions. He has discovered that prayer is the path. To God's presence in the midst of his problems. Oh my goodness, if the church could hear that today. Don't ever quit praying. Do you know the first thing the enemy wants you to do in problems? He tries to tell you God won't hear you. But it is exactly the opposite. He's telling you that because he's a liar. Because it is in the time of problems that God will draw nearer. And if you'll call out to him, his presence will come into the midst of your problem. If you've ever experienced his presence in the midst of your problem, would you raise your hand and say, Thank you, Lord, that you've never left me and that you've walked with me. Prayer is a pathway to understanding that. He prepares, I've preached about it. He prepares that table before us in the presence of our enemies. In the midst of problems, He's ever-present. He said, I'm your ever-present help in a time of need. He said, Lo, I'm with you always. (laughs) He said, I'll stick with you closer than a brother. Acts 27, beginning then at verse 39, and going through Acts 28 at verse number 10. Like I said, I'm not going to read them. You can write them down and read them if you want to. Paul discovers something else. Paul discovers that there was a pathway that he found for strength in the midst of suffering. He found that God's presence would show up in the midst of his problems. Even in the midst of shipwreck. (laughs) Amen. That God's presence would be there. But then He shows up that even when He's suffering, He can find strength in the Lord. If He's communicating with Him. In Acts 27 and verse 39. When it was day... They did not recognize the land, but they observed a bay with a beach. They were in a terrible storm. Paul was being sent over in chains, locked up, headed over to, to, to being taken to Rome. And they let go of the anchors, and they ran aground, and the ship fell apart. And the soldiers' plan was to kill all the prisoners. So that none of them could get away. But the centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose. Paul found out in the midst of his suffering, God would give him strength. He gets on the shore in Acts 28, and the men of Malta had accepted them in. They're sitting around the fire. Come on, y'all, y'all know these Bible stories. Go, go read Acts if you don't know them. You, you need to. They're sitting around the fire, and Paul reaches his hand to maybe throw another stick in and do something, and a viper comes out and bites him. And all the men of that region knew it was deadly, and they sat around to watch him die. They said, this man must be a murderer or something, because he just was saved from a shipwreck, and now a viper's bitten him. And so they sat around to watch him die, and Paul just shook it off in the fire. And went right along. Come on, somebody. In the midst of his suffering, God will provide strength. See, what the enemy sends to kill you, if you have been in prayer and communication with the Lord, what the enemy has sent to cause you to suffer, God will turn around to give you strength. I got to tell you, I learned that lesson with my, the death of my mom and dad. I learned what I what was a suffering moment for me. God turned it around. And, and I, I know that doesn't sound pretty. And it's probably not the best way to say it. And I, I know some people get offended when you talk this way. But, but I just got to tell you. In the worst moment of my life. In the moment of the greatest suffering that I have ever experienced. I watched God as He turned that moment around. And He turned my suffering into a strength that I had never had. Before. I'm not saying God brought that on my parents. I'm not, I'm not saying I was happy to go through it. All I'm saying is, I went, you know, sometimes you go through stuff you're not happy to go through. <laughs> Amen. But but let me tell you what you can do though. You can find the strength of God in that if you'll keep communicating with Him. Amen. I've told the story. I'm going to tell it one more time or another time. I'm not going to say one more time. I'll probably tell it again. But the night my mom was going to die. And I've told you this. But it's 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 stuck in my heart. And I'll never move away from it. When praying that the Lord would just let her peacefully go. And she's laboring. And I literally... As, as I hear you talk to me, and you can think what you want of that as well. It doesn't matter to me. I, I live through it. But as clearly as I hear you when you talk to me, I heard the enemy say to me that night as I was out on my patio just asking God, Why, God? Kind of, Lord, I've preached for you. I've done this. Why, why won't you just let her go peacefully? Let her, let her go home. And I heard the enemy say to me, If you'll renounce him, I'll let her go easy. I want to tell you, there's suffering involved in that. But the moment I heard that in my spirit, there was something rose up in me. And the next thing I knew, I heard myself saying. Have you ever heard yourself say something? Because it really wasn't coming all the way out of you. It just came through you. I, I heard myself saying, the very next thing, I heard myself saying, You don't have the power. To let her go or to keep her here. Only God does, and I will never renounce Him. And when I went back in the house, it was just a few more moments, and my wife passed, my my mom passed on to her reward. God turns suffering into strength. Prayer does that. When I'm weak, then I am strong because he's strong. And prayer is the path to answers and comfort in chaos. Acts chapter 28, verses 11 through 31, the rest of that chapter ending the book. Paul arrives at Rome, he's placed under house arrest. devils not real smart sometimes that means paul had a constant companion a rotated roman soldier constantly be watching you i just wonder how many of them got saved as they had to rotate through and hear him tell of his faith in christ Amen. and they, they put him there and when it looked like there was chaos and it looked like that, that he should be where there was comfort there verse 28 therefore let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles and they will hear it and when he had said these words the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves listen listen Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house under that house and received all who came to him. Preaching the kingdom of God. Teaching the things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. No one forbidding him. When it looked like chaos all around him. When it looked like life now is ending. He's just, he's just winding down to the end. The book is ending in the midst of chaos. Paul, still communicating with his Lord. Still living the life. Finds comfort. Finds answers in his chaos. And his purpose is, even when he's not free to do everything he wants. He can still share the gospel that brings peace into every situation. How many feel like you're in a little bit of a time of chaos right now? That you're not really free to do everything you would want to do? Come on, I I feel that. It it feels chaotic to me. I've never pastored through a pandemic before. I don't recommend you try it. It's not very fun. You don't, you don't feel real free to do everything that's in your heart to do. Services, I'll preach and I'll, I'll sit here and debate in my own mind leading up to the services. And then even when it comes time to end the service, Lord, what should we do? Should I call them forward? Should we lay hands on them? What, what should, it just, you're not free to do everything. And it feels chaotic. But prayer, and communicating with the Lord and walking with Him has laid a pathway that there's comfort and answers in the chaos. That if you rest in Him and you say, Lord, I may not be free to do everything I want, but I'm going to take advantage of every opportunity I have. Prayer lays that groundwork. I hope, I hope you're hearing this. We've, we've talked a lot of different ways about prayer. And as we ended this tonight, my mind was just, as we looked at Acts 17 through the end of the chapter in Acts 28, I just looked at, and my mind went back to all those times we've looked at before where the church was praying. And they were sending. And they were laying hands. And now the fruit of it all is being seen. And cities are coming to the Lord. Nations now are being one. In the midst of suffering, men and women are finding strength. Amen. In, in the midst of problems, men and women are finding God's presence. In the midst of chaos, men and women are finding comfort. Because a pathway of prayer has been laid. Communicating with the Lord, walking with Him, growing with Him, resulted In a great outpouring. We need this again. Stand to your feet with me. People right now find themselves in problems. If you you have a problem or if you know of someone that's really struggling with a problem right now, raise your hand. We got problems. If you are suffering or you know someone that's really suffering right now, would you raise your hand? If if you feel like there's chaos all around you or you know people that are caught up in the chaos of this life, would you raise your hand? Let me tell you, prayer makes the pathway that men and women will find God's presence, God's strength, God's comfort, God's revival. God's commission will be seen if we will pray our way to it. Let us pray. Let us prioritize and let us realize the power that resides in our prayers. How many of you ever felt like when you've prayed your prayers that went about? You know, this is a tall ceiling, but if you're at your house, you know, it feels like it didn't even make it to the eight foot and it just fell down to the ground. You ever felt that way about your prayers? Do you know that's a lie of the devil? Because the word says, there's not an idle word that God doesn't know about. And we can take that in many ways. I mean, it's, it's, it can be a sobering thought to think God knows every one of my idle words. But that also tells me God knows every word I pray to Him. Every word. And even when I can't form words, God knows my heart. You know, you can pray when you can't even think of words to say. Because God knows your heart. Sometimes it's with groanings. Amen. I've been there. I've been in situations I didn't know what to do. And it's just a groan. But God knew exactly what that needed. I've been with people that's been through things. that I don't have any words that I think even make sense to tell them. And all I can do. It's just in my heart, call out to the Lord, and that God of comfort knows how to show up. Let's pray. Let's be people known by prayer. Lord, we come to you tonight. Lord, I've done my best to take the book of Acts in an overview by no means comprehensive. And as you've led me to try to highlight the importance, the priority, and the power of prayer. And we come to the end of this journey tonight Lord, and I ask that you would take the culmination of all that's been said and you would let it all culminate in a desire to communicate with you to rise up in your people, that we would be people defined by, known by, living by prayer.